Salutations and welcome to another edition of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? Hi. Oh, dearie me. Oh, dearie, dearie me. <laughs> so, unfortunately, people, Jojo B is a little under the weather. I'm not very well. Yeah, Jojo B has been suffering this past week with a stomach bug. Um, and But you know what? I've played my part. I have been butler barracuda for my good wife. And yeah, you have. I've been doing the running around the errands. Yeah, it's because unfortunately, Jojo B can't stomach anything. She's got a stomach bug. Yeah. Which seems to be uh, seems to be going around at the moment as well, to be I, fair. I think I'm dying. Oh, bless. So, I haven't really eaten for a week. Yeah, your diet has consisted of pretty much lemonade and plain untoasted no buttered bread yeah i tried toast but the smell of the toast made me want to puke yeah let's not give too much detail (laughs) it's not pleasant though let's just say that yeah if so please people if you want to send in your best wishes and your get well soon messages for jojo b they'd be very much appreciated send them out at immigrants follow us on all our social media platforms um because jojo b she needs the love at the moment she's and she's, also if you've got any recommendations for any good tv because i'm bored out of my mind and i've got another week off work yet and yeah. i'm like i've run out of things to watch on netflix although you have been watching a place under the sun like like I religiously move, i feel like if i move to the sunshine yeah. just away somewhere lovely by the sea in the sun I don't think I'd get ill. Yeah. I think I'd just be really healthy and happy and I could frolic in the sea. Is Are you sure it's an actual illness and it's not just missing New Zealand and now you've just gone into like <laughs> this kind of crazy psychological illness rather I than mean, anything physical? It could very well be that because I really do miss New Zealand. But then also the thought of having to get on another flight for 30 hours is not appealing to me right now. But, you know, a quick flight to Spain... For an hour and a half or whatever. Right. I could do that. A miraculous antidote to your yeah. to your woes. That would be great. But um but yeah, bless Jojo Bees. She's a little bit under the weather. So it might not be the same kind of crazy bickering and bantering that we normally used to hear on the Native Immigrants Podcast. Just be happy I'm here. Exactly. You know what, Jojo B, this is why she's the esteemed Jojo B, is because she's gone out of her way, despite how terrible she feels, to still be here for the Native Immigrants podcast and to showcase what she does best every week for you people. Exactly. I've managed to sit upright today. Yeah. because For I, you guys. Because normally she's been like pretty much sprawled across the sofa all week. And, um, and you know, this is the first, that's just one of the first times I've actually seen her sit up. <laughs> which is uh which is, let's see how long i last <laughs> yeah yeah we could we could there could be a lot of starts and stops in the show but if you, yeah if you everyone's got you know uh, things that you can recommend to mend jojo b please send them in as well i probably can't consume any of it though that's also very true but on this week's show with the things that we're gonna be discussing is blair peach who was um a new zealand born teacher that was uh part of the anti-nazi league movement and the circumstances around his story is something I wanted to discuss. Okay. And I also wanted to touch on uh, BBC are launching a British Asian summer season. And I'm going to be talking about some of the programs that are going to be featured. But first of all, you know, I'm always asking for people's feedback, ratings, reviews, the normal spiel that I get every week from a lot of people. But this week, I got a really interesting message, an interesting note from a gentleman by the name of Ian Myatt, who's a 54-year-old from North Midlands. And uh, he actually heard us on Tom Robinson's show. Oh, really? On BBC Six. We've got a new listener. We have indeed. That's one more 
to our burgeoning <laughs> list of uh, listeners that we the get. The more the merrier. You Welcome, Ian. We appreciate anyone and everyone who listens to our show. And, you know, the, the thing that, you know, Ian said to me was, I'm probably not your normal demographic. But you know what? We don't really cater for any demographic. Yes, this is a British-Asian podcast, and we t- discuss a lot of things that are very pertinent with our community and our culture. But really, we're just your average British couple just talking about marriage and and the day-to-day rigours of life. We're just living life. Exactly. So really, this is a show that is catered for the general public, the general audience. And to be honest, to even get more than two people that want to listen in on our ramble, I think is a blessing in itself. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much. But, you know, Ian Myatt sent a, a really a great message to me discussing a couple of things. Um, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just read it out to you now. Um, he said, the two of you get better and better with everyone you make. It's like sitting behind a couple on a bus while they argue, bicker, insult each other, and also talk about topical subjects either side of the antagonism. It's absolutely wonderful. Thank you once again for some wonderful entertainment, especially Jojo reclining on a sofa and spreading her legs. <laughs> I actually sprayed tea everywhere with that Freudian slip. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cheers again. Oh, um, but the, the actual point that he, he was he was making was, um, on a slightly more serious note, I really enjoyed the semi-dissection of the Rivers of Blood speech. And while I agree wholeheartedly that it should have been buried instantly when it was vomited up, it also had a profound positive effect on many people, myself included. When it was originally broadcast, I was a wee child who just started school and whose best friend was a Pakistani lad called Farid. At the time, I wasn't old enough to know that racism existed. All I remembered about the vile bullshit that was spewed out was the fact that I thought I was going to lose my new best friend and that it was wrong in every way. I remember standing up during the school assembly and ranting on about how the Azam family should be allowed to stay in our then small village and not be sent back to Pakistan as not only was Farid my best friend, but his dad was a doctor. As a result of my interrupting proceedings, every class had a debate about the basics of the speech and the whole school took a vote on whether the Azam family should be allowed to stay. Something like 90-odd percent of the school agreed that they should stay within our small community. At the time, they were the only non-white family, and I was really happy that most of the kids felt the same as I did. In later years, I naturally joined the Anti-Nazi League and became a founder member of the North Staffordshire and South Cheshire anti-apartheid movement, partly, I think, because of that terrible speech. Perhaps I was unusual in my reaction to the vitriol, but at least some good came from it. So... When we were discussing the Rivers of Blood speech and how much it affected our community and our cultures and the fact that we really didn't want it aired out to not resurrect some old wounds, at least we can see in some parts of the UK, there was people that actually took it on and there were some positive effects from it. Yeah, some good came out of it as well. The good people came forward. Yeah, that, that's not necessarily a common theme. It wasn't necessarily the norm, um, you know, which is, again, the point that we were trying to make when we were, when we were discussing that speech. But if we can find a way to find some kind of small positive elements that can come out of it, I think that's always a step in the right direction. And I wish there was more people like Ian out there in society right now. I kind of feel like there is. I've always thought that good people outnumber the bad people. But it's unfortunately, the bad people just tend to be the loudest. But the, if the good people are the majority, then there'll always be there'll always be hope for society. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of feel that if there was more people like that during that time period, then maybe we wouldn't have had the events that led on after the Rivers of Blood speech with the numerous protests, the numerous riots. It, you know, we're talking about the Southall riots later on in the show. But it could have been a very different future, especially for our parents' generation and the oppression that they faced during that time. I suppose. But sometimes you need a bit of conflict for things to move forward. Otherwise, we might have just stayed in that 
rut of everyone just kind of accepting us but not really having the right to do anything yeah sometimes you have to fight for what's worth fighting for yeah fight the power fuck the man exactly the slogan of our show exactly so anyway thank you ian uh for your lovely message um and hope you continue enjoying the shows yeah thank you very much ian um so love tell me what else has been going on because i've been kind of in like a sick induced stupor and i haven't had a clue what's been happening this week i've just been kind of in and out of a haze so tell me what else has been going on uh what else has been going on well i want to big up my fellow southall brethren james divine stoneman who's that james divine stoneman uh captained his university uh st john's college in cambridge to winning university challenge they won they won indeed uh so james divine stoneman is from southall and he's not your typical southallian <laughs> why is that love uh it's because he's not uh punjabi or uh i guess to that name <laughs> yeah james divine stoneman i i kind of followed him on on twitter he followed me back as well no uh, way yeah after i said that his win was the biggest victory by a southallian since i won 20 pound on a scratch card from london <laughs> um you know because you know it, you know for me i'm a i'm a very much a i don't live in south anymore but i was born brought up raised in south for 35 years of my life you know and I'm always trying to push and promote Southall as much as possible. I, I did a whole track that I dedicated to it on my mixtape, the recipe mixtape, which talks about Blair Peach, which is something we'll be discussing later on in the show. And so for a Southall lad to captain his university to win University Challenge, I think is an amazing achievement. That is pretty awesome. But James Divine Stoneman, if you're listening to the show, bruv, where are you from? <laughs> Like, cause you know, cause I, you know, I, I frequent Southall a lot, especially when I go back home to see my parents and you know, when you, you see the clientele of our area, um, he's, he'd be, he'd stick out like a sore thumb. Are you saying that people from Southall don't deserve to go to Cambridge Uni? I don't say that. I'm not saying that at all, but it's because he's an articulate gentleman and he's not the kind of person that you would see from our town on University Challenge. This is this is true, I suppose. This is true. You know, his name's not Bunty Singh or Happy Singh, <laughs> as uh, every other bloke from Southall was called. So it, it was a, it was an extremely uh, refreshing eye opener, you know, because it smashed all the stereotypes of Southall into pieces. But I'm a lad from Southall. I'm a lad from Southall. We have to represent. We got to support our own. So big up James Divine Stoneman. Well done for representing Southall in the final. Yes. I stopped caring once Newcastle went out in the semi-finals. Oh, dear. So, they got to the semi-finals. I know, big up Newcastle Uni. That's, that's My the, uni. That's the biggest progression of anything from Newcastle. Uh, you Poetitude. know, in, in any, you know, TV or game show format. Shut up. Um, Jojo B has been on her ranty and moaning best this week. Um, Illness brings it out of me, love. You know, I was kind of like, yeah, I was going to the, the doctors the other day. And what I did was I, I came back home to see my good wife to make sure she was okay before I went. And she was, you know, grumpy. And But I was like, you know what? She's ill. I'll give her this. So I left our house and then started walking down towards the doctors. <laughs> as soon as I left the place, it just started pissing down like hardcore rain, like <laughs> tropical rain. As soon as I stepped outside, I was like, you know, why me? Uh, in that instance and then I kind of messaged Jojo B you know later on as I was walking down that uh, oh my god I can't believe I got rained on as soon as I left the place um, and her message back was 
Well, it's not raining here now. <laughs> what I meant was, I don't know where you are, because I knew you'd only just left, and I was like, but it's not raining here, so where the hell have you gone that it, it's raining? But not even like, oh man, oh shit, that's, you know, I feel so bad for you. That's that, I'm so sorry <laughs> to hear that. It was like, well, it's not raining here. I'm not wet, so why should it bother you? You know? I was, you know... <laughs> When you know when the days that you sit there and just question your marriage over and over in your head, um, you should have took a hat and umbrella then, shouldn't you? Because like later on the day, I'd kind of sat in a weird position and kind of my my joint hurt, my muscle hurt, and it was like, oh shit, my muscles started to hurt. And she was just like, we well, shouldn't have sat like that, didn't it? <laughs> Why are you sitting like that for? No sympathy. Zero sympathy. This is what our whole marriage has been like. Why are you so? Why are you complaining about it now for? But now I can show. Now that I'm ill and vulnerable. You know, for those people that don't believe me, you know, they kind of always say that you're so mean to her. I had another message from uh, one of my brother's mates who said, why are you so mean to her? Like, if you had, like, even a small fly on the wall in our marriage, you'd see what life is actually like being married to Jojo B. No sympathy, no love. Whatever. You know, you can't blame this one in the illness now, fam. I think you can. I think my mind has gone. I'm not the same person. <laughs> yeah. Without food, I'm not the I'm same a person, person I was two weeks ago. <laughs> I need food. Oh my god, just the thought of food makes me want to be sick. Well, actually, talking about food, um, you know, I, I did mention on one of our earlier shows how much uh, Jojo B is the queen of dropping hobbies, and we spoke about Huel. So oh, Jojo B, don't, I can't even look at the bag because it makes me want to heave. Oh dear. So can we uh, can we put that down to another hobby drop then? No, I'll get back to it as soon as I feel better. But like. I mean, to be fair, I'm losing weight without it at the moment because I can't eat any bloody food. Well, hopefully there's enough slipping down from Jojo B. Uh, but that's enough for the first half of the show. We'll be back with the second half when we'll be discussing Blair Peach and the BBC's British Asian Summer. See you on the other side, people. Welcome back to the second half of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I am Swami Barakas, and of course, I'm joined by Jojo underscore B. Now, we have to take a little break from the first half of the show, because yours truly was on his chauffeur run, doing some shopping for Jojo underscore B. I had to go and get some gluten-free stuff for her, and some medical stuff, some remedies. Uh, but this is the guy I am, you know. A really good husband, sometimes. Yeah, well, let's see how much uh, appreciation I get from Jojo B over the course of the, the rest of this episode. Probably not much. Probably not much at all, no. See, this, there's no love. There's no love from Jojo B. I'm too ill to love. <laughs> I need to be loved. I've shown you love over the course of the week by being your butler, basically, and, and waiting on you hand and foot. And it's much appreciated. Thank you very much. Well, there you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, so basically, for the second half of the show, what we really should have been doing right now is reviewing Avengers. Yeah. And we can't. No. Why is that, Jojo B? Because I'm not very well. So I've been denied the chance to watch a film I've been looking forward to for probably about two years now because of your illness. And in that time, I've been dealt with a thousand different spoilers from everyone on social media. And that has pissed me off greatly. I just don't understand why people can't keep their mouths shut. Go and watch a film, go onto Facebook, say it's great. That's, that's it, done. Why give everything away? Like, at least put like a little 
literally say spoiler alert just to kind of tell people straight up exactly what you're going to be doing right now but just giving away the whole plot yeah really important plot lines it's really annoying people we hate you spoiler alert people you spoil it people who (laughs) put up spoilers on social media i hope your genitals have hair lice and your eyebrows fall off yeah (laughs) (laughs) right okay so anyway we're going to be hopefully reviewing avengers next week in next week's podcast if jojo b can take her carcass off the sofa for a few hours if i stop dying if she stops dying yeah um but what I wanted to discuss uh, on this part of the show, 23rd of April marks the 39-year anniversary of the death of a gentleman by the name of Blair Peach. Uh, now, his is a name that a lot of people may know about, especially from those around Southall and growing up during that period of the late 70s and early 80s. But I also feel there's a lot of people that don't know about his story. And I feel it's one that really needs addressing. It's one that it should be taught in history lessons and i feel it's a story that is important in the history of that town and especially with things happening today with racial tension still quite rife in society it's a, a story that is quite pertinent um and it's one that i want to discuss today yeah it's a really interesting story and i didn't know anything about it not coming from south or i didn't know anything about it until you told me about it um a couple of years ago And um, I definitely think it needs to stay fresh in people's minds. It's not just a West London story either. I think it's a London story and it's a British story. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the story of Blair Peach. Now, Blair Peach was a a New Zealand-born teacher that was born in 1946. And he moved to London in 1969. Uh, Once he came over, he became an active campaigner against the far right. Uh, During that period, it was mainly the National Front, who was the biggest far-right organisation. On the 23rd of April, 1979, there was a protest of about 3,000 people as part of the Anti-Nazi League, which Blair Peach was part of, um, outside Southall Town Hall. And that was because there was actually a National Front meeting happening inside the Town Hall, which is unbelievable to think of. You know, if today there was a a far-right meeting happening at Southall Town Hall. This would be insane. It just it would be chaos and it'd just be riots all over the place. But at this period of time, the far right were always marching around Southall. There was the Hambro Tavern where they used to frequent quite a lot that actually got burnt down as part of the racial tensions. But on this occasion there was two thousand five hundred police and there was a huge amount of unrest. And because of that, naturally it became quite violent. And Blair Peach was uh, caught up in the mess and actually got struck on the head and became unconscious on one of the side streets. And unfortunately, he never woke up and and died the next day in Ealing Hospital. So sad. Yeah, just horrific. Um, Because of that, there was uh, obviously an increased amount of racial tensions between law enforcement and ethnic minorities. It led on to more protests and more riots, eventually even resulting in the 1981 riots in Brixton. Um, The days after Blair Peach's death, there was 10,000 people that marched the streets of Southall and around 8,000 Sikhs actually visited his body on the eve of the funeral and another 10,000 actually attended the funeral itself. They even named a primary school after him in Southall, which is still there today. But... There was an internal investigation conducted by the Metropolitan Police uh, and the pathologist report actually said his broken skull was not from the result of a truncheon and it would have come from uh, another lead-based weapon of sorts. 
The investigation actually looked into the Mets SPG. And now this was a special patrol group, which was actually the police that were present on that day. Uh, and they've actually repeatedly been implicated in claims of brutality and oppression during that era. And once they investigated the SPG, they actually found a treasure trove of unauthorized weapons, crowbars, wooden staves, there were some whips. Um, and they also found a Nazi supporter amongst the group. And there was actually even a couple of officers that changed their appearance during the time. So one grew a beard, uh, another one actually shaved his mustache. Um, one even refused to participate in an identity parade. Uh, and one of the important key elements is all the officers actually dry clean their uniforms before they could be inspected. So this was clearly showing that there was a, there was a subtle cover-up happening amongst the force itself. This is shocking. It's unbelievable. This report actually came out in 2010. So all those years afterwards is when oh people actually found God. out this actually existed. Now, the, the coroner during that period was a gentleman by the name of Burton, Dr. John Burton. And he actually dismissed this whole report that was conducted by the Met completely before it could even be submitted as evidence. He dismissed the witness statements, saying that they were all biased, uh, and he even stated some witnesses, and this is a quote, did not have experience of the English system to give reliable evidence, specifically obviously talking about the Sikh community. This, what the fuck? Yeah. He even tried to resist calls for a jury, um, but that was obviously until the Court of Appeal stepped in and... and cast that out um the jury after all the proceedings all the trial had gone through actually returned a verdict of death by misadventure which means the whole force basically walked blair peach's girlfriend at the time celia stubbs campaigned for the next 30 years for a public inquiry into his death um and this report finally got published on april 2010 the original internal inquiry now this concluded that Blair Peach was almost certainly killed by one of the officers and that they'd lied to investigators to cover up all their actions. They identified the likely killer by a pseudonym, Officer E, but concluded that there was not enough evidence to mount a prosecution against him. So although his family didn't get any justice from it, they at least felt vindicated by that continual fight for justice and as something confirmed by everyone is what they initially believed in, that he was actually killed by the police. Um, Celia Stubbs actually quoted herself saying that Blair was not a martyr nor a cause celebre for the left. He was a dedicated teacher, a committed trade unionist and anti-fascist. He was a good, funny and loving person to his family and friends. He was a socialist who believed passionately in fairness and equality. He supported the Bengali community in their protests against the National Front selling their newspapers in Brick Lane, demonstrated outside a pub that would not serve black customers and even been instrumental in getting the National Front headquarters closed in Shoreditch. It was his social beliefs that took him to Southall, and it is amazing that he's remembered by so many people. Now, I feel there's a lot of people that do remember Blair Peach, but for me there's a lot of people that don't, especially people in and around Southall that haven't really got a grasp of what their parents' generation went through to get them to where they are today, the hardships they endured. It's an easy life for a lot of people that grown up around those, that area. And the history and the issues that that generation faced through the 70s and the early 80s. And, you know, I've heard stories from my mum and the, the, the looks they used to get from skinheads running up to them and calling them names while walking down South of Broadway. There was a documentary called The Young Rebels, which my brother was actually involved in. And I submitted my track um, about Blair Peach. You know, my, my opening lines were, who killed Blair Peach? The town still needs to know. Justice never stood a chance against policing codes 
A lone teacher from New Zealand left this beast exposed. Now they're speaking code to leave us seeking feeble quotes. It's something that I really feel that today's generation need to understand and comprehend the story of Blair Peach and also what it means to be where you are today, if not for the fight against oppression, the fight against the far right that your parents' generation, people's parents' generation endured during that time period. And today, I think we're a, a more progressive society, but it's also because of the actions of those people. Uh, for me, it's a very important part of West London history. It's an important part of Southall history, Southall culture. And it's been 39 years and we still haven't seen justice for Blair Peach, which I feel is wholeheartedly disgusting. But at least his family can feel a sense of relief that the report was published. So it was evident that he was killed by the police. And I think in some sense, they, they can put themselves at a peace of mind. But, you know, we still want to know who killed Blair Peach. I think it's really important, especially with things like the Stephen Lawrence um, report and, and, you know, just the ineptitude of the police over the years, the Met Police in particular, and the, the corruption and the cover-ups that have happened over the years where they have either directly been involved in the killings of people or have um, covered up and um, not really done their job to discover who has killed somebody. Yeah. I think... I think it's disgusting, but I think that we're slowly getting there. They're slowly having to own up to this and they're having to um, say to the public, actually, we did wrong. And they're having to hold their hands up. They might still, you know, look after their own. Yeah. But slowly the the evidence is getting out there and the reports are becoming public. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, this took almost 30 years for this report to be made public. It's atrocious that it took that long. But for his family and friends, they're never going to get a chance to prosecute the person that killed him. But at least they've got a sense of relief from it. Yeah. Rest in peace, Blair Peach. Also, Jojo B, mm -hmm. this summer, the BBC have announced a big British Asian summer season. Oh, okay. So, Is it going to be called Indian Summer by any chance? No, it's literally going to be called Big British Asian Summer. Okay. It does what it says on the tin. <laughs> Um, and it's going to basically a number of programs uh, about British Asian culture. Okay, like what? Well, I, I'm, I'm more disappointed in the fact they haven't covered us on this season. It's not down with the cool kids. Honestly, people haven't been doing their research. Otherwise, they'd know the number one British Asian fad at the moment is a Native Immigrants podcast. Yeah, maybe in like five years time when everybody's over us. Yeah, yeah. When people are sick and tired of yeah. hearing us. Because right now we still haven't, we still haven't reached our peak. I feel like we're still on the incline right now. Yeah, on the ascendancy. Yeah, so the, the cool people know us because we're really like in with that underground, you know, hipster <laughs> crowd. And then we become like British pop culture. Then all of a sudden it's like everyone knows us and then everyone becomes sick of us and then we go back down. It's a bit like, try and knock you down. It's a bit like dubstep. Do you know yeah, I mean? or Jamie Oliver. Or Jamie everyone, Oliver. everyone loved him. Yeah. He hit his peak and now everyone tries to bring him down. Bring him back down. No one bringing down that man though. You were fun. Yeah. Are you likening us to Jamie Oliver? Yes, we can only hope to be that big and rich one day. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the thing. We're looking for sponsorships for our show. We have musical interludes. Thank you very much to my brother Melzo for providing those with us. But really, those are gaps for you to promote your business. So if you are a burgeoning business, get in touch with us. If you're lucky enough, because we, I think we'll be in a position where we can pick and choose these things. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, we'll pick and choose uh, your business and promote it. 
Um, and then hopefully you can throw us some freebies. Or some money. Just or, give us some money. Or some money. You know, Jojo B's medical attention needs to be funded somehow. <laughs> so um, if, you're a, if you're a business that would like to be uh, promoted and supported and pushed on the Native Immigrants podcast, get in touch. Follow us on Immigrants and all our social media platforms and just message me, basically. Yeah, so big British Asian summer. Yeah, so what's it about? Okay, so a number of programs showcasing British Asians uh, and uh, Alison Kirkham, who's a controller of factual commissioning, said, The big British Asian summer is a wonderfully rich season of programs from across BBC exploring the cultural, social and familial impact of these two regions of the world coming together. From Bollywood to Sharwoods, the season will encompass a huge range of shows, sometimes celebratory, sometimes challenging, always inspiring. Today's announcements are just the start. There's much more to come as we look into an exciting summer of programs. So is this going to be like, ooh, look how exotic Bollywood is and how crazy it is. And then another program about like arranged marriage, uh, another pro- program about Diwali and how beautiful it is and how we have lovely colours of festivals, uh, festivals of colour even, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or is it actually going to be really insightful about what it's like to be British in uh, Asian and British? Well, we actually spoke about that on our second show about Asians and British pop culture. And we spoke about film and television and the fact that we're always looked at as exoticized in some way in our TV programs, or we're looked at as terrorists, or we're looked at as arranged marriages. And we just want to see normal Asians on TV being normal. Um, but these are the a few of the programs that I'll highlight, and you can let me know what you think of, okay. of them. Uh, so there's a three-part series called Passengers, which uses some archive footage to look at the, the lives and, of arrivals to Britain from the Indian subcontinent between the 1930s and 1960s. Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. so could look at basically what would be what would have been the equivalent of our Windrush generation as yeah, such. Yeah. Some of my family came over at that time. Yeah. So that'd be interesting to know about. What if what if we spot some of our family members in this footage? <laughs> yeah. A lot of my family went to Glasgow. Oh, really? Yeah, I could have been Glaswegian. Oh, my God. But they all somehow ended up in the Midlands. I would have had like, I would have deep fat fried Mars bar curry every day for food. <laughs> if that's where Jojo B was from. Sorry, to, apologies to people from Glasgow hitting all the stereotypes right there. Um, okay, so there's also a film called Lester Sings which is a documentary musical for BBC One telling the story of a family exiled from Uganda in 1972 and they arrive in Leicester with nothing and become a glorious success story of immigration and multiculturalism. Okay, that sounds good as well. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't think that would be up your street because I know how much you hate like Bollywood and musicals and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but it sounds like... It, well, I'll give it a go, basically. <laughs> She will, yeah, she'll pass she'll judgment. i happy to see brown people on TV for This is sake. very, very true. But th- it has to happen because of a whole season of programs. It can't just be because Asians are, should be on television. There has to be like a, a whole season of British Asian stuff and we'll put you all in that one little time period. And then after that, you'll, the only people you'll see thereafter is on EastEnders and Paul Sinner on that game show that comes on, The Chase or whatever it's called. <laughs> is it The Chase? I don't know. Tipping Point? Which is the one where they they uh, are, are people that that answer questions, and then there's got like a clever person that oh the chase the chase yeah, yeah. there you go the chase you know okay um so yeah not a fan well we'll see look like I said it's just nice to see brown faces on TV even if it's just for a season eventually we might become the norm <laughs> yeah you know we only make up seven percent of the fucking population for fuck's sake um. Okay, so there's a program called A Taste of Home, 
which is actually a cookery show going around the UK discovering the secrets of incredible home-cooked curries. Right, well, that could go one of two ways. That could just be the same old bullshit that we always see about curries. Yeah. And what does, well, does the word curry actually come from India? No, curry is not a word that we use in India. I don't know what this word is. It's a British word. And then all that kind of tikka masala bullshit that we always hear, right? Or <laughs> it could be really interesting and we could see some really good food. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm hoping, it, you know, because, you know, we've seen like kind of Madhu Jafri do her thing on cookery shows in the UK. And we've seen Anjum Anand do her shows. Love both uh, those ladies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, hopefully this is, gets a chance to see the everyday person and how they cook their food. They should have my mom on there. My mom's the greatest cook on, on earth. Yeah, your mom is an amazing cook. Um, although, you know, chances are if they did pop round, dad will just want to sit there and talk to him about the Indian Workers Association for like the whole evening. And they'll be like, oh, Why not? They should do a bloody show on the Indian Workers Association. They should actually do a show on the Indian Workers Association. I think that would be an amazing addition. Uh, if you do want to do that, BBC, get in touch with us and we can put you through to the right people for a small commission-based price. Yes. Um, okay, so there's also uh, a Gardner's World British Asian special. What? Yeah, they're going to be celebrating the South Asian influences on British gardens. Now that is my kind of program. I love gardening programs, even though we don't have a garden and everything I touch dies. Yeah. And I'm absolutely opposite of my mom who brings things back to life and I just kill them instantly for some reason. I love watching gardening programs. So that I think would be right up my street. You know, whenever I think of like, you know, what South Asians have influenced on British gardens, it's surely the whole garden just slabbed with tiles, like those kind of crazy paving <laughs> tiles. You know, that's How what the British the, Asian killed the garden. Killed the garden, yeah. It's like, you know, we used to have an amazing green garden. All the people we knew back in the 80s all had amazing green gardens. Now you go around to the houses and it's all either just crazy paving or that crazy tiling. Like, yeah. or concrete slab the whole, the whole garden. Asians do love to kill their gardens my mom though she's planted like an apple tree yeah and we've got like raspberries and blackberries and yeah. snozberries yeah our garden's pretty good yeah now they've got some greenery up in newcastle everywhere in london just seems all slabbed up or the only other influence is you know like if when they used to all the asians used to go to like kew gardens or like these rich kind of lovely gardens and stuff to kind of relax and take those romantic pictures you take loads of romantic <laughs> pictures yeah around the flower beds yeah but also, they'd have a picnic and just leave all the shit everywhere. Uh, so you have like a, a oh, bottle of like buttocks, like kind of pickle, like still laying there. Oh my God, you know? really? Yeah, just get, get Asians, like etiquette levels need addressing sometimes or See, need improving. I sound really bemused by this because as a child, we didn't have any trips because I spent all my time in our shop. So yeah. um, that never happened for us. I didn't have picnics and things. Um would you have a picnic in the shop? Yeah, just me and a packet of crisps in the back of the shop. And then some sweets that I'd nicked from the shop that mum and dad weren't supposed to know about that I'd eaten. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, that was my picnic. Sometimes we went to the beach and dad would oh, take okay. me for an ice cream on the beach because we lived not too far from the sea, basically. Right. It'd just be me running around in the sand, loving it with my ice cream. Mom All over your dad, face. Mum and dad sitting on a bench watching me. <laughs> Making sure you didn't get nicked. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, good times. Good times. Well, yeah. So, Gardner's World British Asian Special, something that Jojo B were looking forward to. And there's a documentary on the last Maharaja of Punjab, who was actually taken from his mother's arms as a child and put into the care of an official of the British Empire. It's a really interesting story, that one. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know enough about this story. Very much like to watch that because um, I know bits and bobs because I'm Punjabi and we're all supposed to know that story. But. Um, 
yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting watch. Nice bit of history there. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, and then just to re-emphasize stereotype, Anita Rani looks at Bollywood, the world's biggest film industry. Obviously. But I was kind of like, all she ever does is go to Mumbai now. That's all she does for TV for BBC. She's living the life, fam. But I'm kind of like, I kind of did think, what is British Asian culture got to do with Bollywood? Well, because it's all the same, in it. That's all we do when yeah. we're at home. We sing, we like turn light bulbs constantly yeah. and just dance around and break break out into song at every possible moment. Yeah, have arguments with our mother-in-laws. Uh, oh, the, oh no, I also get separated from my brothers. And then like 30 years time, we find each other, like, because we've all got like little, like a, a, a scar that someone recognizes. We and... called Amar, Akbar and Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because uh, that, that, that's what Bollywood is to I me. I argue with my mother-in-law. Thank you very much. But it's a very kind of like Bollywood thing, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's all that nonsense. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the one that I won't watch. It's kind of, you know, it'd be good to see. A, I mean, what are they going to tell us? What are they going to tell us that's new? True. It's going to be the same old bullshit. Like when Ruby Wax went. Remember when she did that yeah, show yeah, years yeah. and years ago and <laughs> then she had Rithik Roshan wearing something really tight oh my God, and disgusting. She was like, what is he wearing, fam? And they actually changed his outfit because of what Ruby Wax said. And it was still terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that for K3G? It was K3G, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, he looks awful all the way through that film. But you know, it'd be nice if they did like a little documentary about, you know, Indian cinema and and really delved into non-Bollywood Indian films. Yeah, bit of Raj Kapoor. Non-Bollywood, I just said. And you just pulled out Raj Kapoor. Well, because he did Hindi cinema. He did real films. He didn't do Bollywood bullshit. Yeah, but it's good to, good to see some of today's Indian cinema. Oh, and yeah, also, yeah. there's a lot of like, you know, this is a conversation I have with a number of people, like cinema that's not Hindi-based. Bengali cinema, Gujarati cinema, Marathi cinema. No, you know? watch that shit. Oh, you. <laughs> don't say Punjabi cinema, yeah? Because all your ones I don't watch like, it. I don't watch it. I know a lot of people who do because it's had a revival recently, but I don't watch it. What's what's like the big Punjabi film these days? Well, what's you're asking the person who says he doesn't watch it. So well, I don't exactly. Know. So you can't you can't talk about like no one watches that shit. You ask it's a few you people in my family. There's certain members of my family that'll be able to tell you, reel it off to you. I've 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 seen uh, Long Dalishkara. Okay, it's not really old. Yeah, that's that's the only one I that's the only one I know. <laughs> you know, my dad's mama, so my dad's uncle, um, used to make Punjabi films. Oh, really? Yeah. Are they are they anywhere available? online i don't know if my dad's got them somewhere but i don't think they're on online no i don't think so damn it because we can even say that we've got some star power in the family we've got some celebrity in the family Mama, you, you know he knew everyone he knew everyone in bollywood big up yeah big up well if he was still alive today we could have got some links and actually got ourselves native immigrants the film <laughs> you've heard the podcast now see the drama <gasps> i think he was friends with the mender no way. See, so. Do you guys say Dharminder? Yeah, because we're Punjabi and he's Punjabi and his name is Dharminder. But he calls himself Dharmendra. That's how you lot say it, isn't it? That's how he said that's how he spelled it. It's spelled it like with that. an A at the end. Dharminder. Okay, so um so aside of those shows, these are the two shows that I thought would be most interesting. There's a show called Made in Asia, and this actually tells the story of four women, each adopted from the Indian subcontinent as a baby trying to find their biological mothers. I think that would be a great show to watch. I think I'm just going to cry my way through that. Okay. It's going to be like Lion, isn't it? It's going to be a bit like Lion, yeah, absolutely. But you know, with, like I said, Lion had a happy ending at the end. He managed to find his, his biological mother. Spoiler alert! So, you know, this might be something that could be go one of both ways. It could be yeah. 
So it's know. likely that I will cry my way through it. It'd be like me watching DIY SOS. Oh my God. DIY SOS, the Bambi of all TV shows for Jojo B. Yeah, it gets me every time. And that sounds exactly like that. Okay. All right. Well, we watch it, but I'll just have to have a box of tissues next to me. Fair play. Um, and there's also a program called British Asian Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep <laughs> laughing. Keep laughing. It is actually going to explore the stories of a number of different British Asian communities and the challenges facing some of the young men, including why are women from the South Asian backgrounds now outstripping their male peers? What, in terms of work and stuff? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, not laughing now, are you? Interesting. You know, because you know what, British Asian men, we've got it hard, man. Look, yeah, I've met a lot of British Asian men in my time. Anyone who's been through the Rishta process... You've met some scum in your time. And then <laughs> you met me. who's been through the Rishta process, aka the being set up by your parents process, will know what I mean. There's like a conveyor belt that goes past you and you have to meet them every time for like dinner or drinks or whatever and hear their shitty stories if they ever speak. That just sounds like speed dating. Well, that's exactly what it was like, but for like 10 years of my life. Yeah. We should actually cover a whole show oh, of God. Jojo B's Rishta dating Do you know what? Process. You should just get me and some of the girls I know... We should get. We should just sit around and have a chat about the stupid things that went that went on in our lives during that period of our time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we've got some stories between us. Some of these are, of which I have heard, um, <laughs> you know, and um, some broadcastable, some not so much. Yeah, but we'll have to do like a, a whole show dedicated to that because I feel that there's um, there's definitely something that a lot of people can relate to. It definitely co- coincided with the heaviest uh, drinking period of my life <laughs> right were you teetotal up until that period uh, pretty much you might not believe that but uh, it's true right yeah anyway so <laughs> this program sounds interesting it sounds like it'll give you a different perspective this is what i mean like getting a perspective of what young men or young people in this country are like yeah you know we're just members of society so it'd be interesting to see what they do for young british men mm-hmm. british asian men even um to give a more positive light hopefully because at the moment you guys are just you know terrorists or wife beaters yeah so it would be nice for you guys to kind of you know be seen more positively put us in the limelight yeah because there's nothing wrong with our men there is nothing i'm i'm one of them yeah. nothing wrong with me exactly that's why i'm married to you big up yourself Jojo. you did well we've got to stand by our men the good ones yeah, absolutely. Kick the asses of the bad ones. Or teach them the the error of their ways. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so the British Asian summer season, look out for it this August. Hopefully there'll be some positive programs to showcase British Asians in a good light and hopefully nothing that goes with all the stereotypes that we already face in today's society. I think there'll be a little bit, but we've just got to take that on the chin because, you know what can you do this is what this is how we're always stereotypes it's fine but as long as there are some other programs that show us in a slightly different light a bit more insightful um i think it should be an interesting season yes and hopefully they'll add to it as well yeah there's still an opportunity for the native immigrants documentary special i think there's there's a even give us half an hour a day in the life of a day in the life of jojo b and swami barakas it's me sitting on the sofa complaining. They'd have to show it after like 12 o'clock midnight because <laughs> it'd just be so much profanity. Oh, okay. I don't know what you're going to say there. So, That's gonna, obviously not happening. What, what, kind of show, what kind of show do you think they're making? No, I, you know, you're ill. So anything that could go on couldn't happen anyway. Yeah, not in this state. No. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on swiftly. Um, we have another announcement. 
Jojo V. Do we? We do indeed. The native immigrants are going to be back on radio. Radio can't get enough of us at the moment, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know what they do. I mean, this is like one long audition for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we've been jumping between every different station, seeing who will accept us and uh, giving us the opportunity to showcase what we're about. Someone pay us to do this. Please. Someone pay us. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think there's an avenue for us here, whether it's on TV, radio, podcast. <laughs> 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 just give us some fucking money give us some money yes but we're going to be on the bbc asian network on tuesday the 8th of may Woo-hoo! at 11 o'clock in the morning um so yeah we'll be discussing our podcast talking about us being uh two different cultures and what that entails being a married couple in london um but listen in on us on tuesday the 8th of may at 11 o'clock in the morning on the bbc asian network that's probably earlier than Jojo B's up for, you know, most of this. I just past hope I week. survive. I hope I live that long. All right. Well, that's come to the end of this week's edition of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I'm your host, Swami Barakas. And I'm barely alive. <laughs> yeah. Jojo underscore B. Oh dear. But catch us next week for more of the same, people. Politics. Peace. I want to tell you where I'm from. And for that, I only really have one question. Who killed Blair Peach? My town still needs to know. Justice never stood a chance against policing codes. A lone teacher from New Zealand left his beast exposed. Now they're speaking codes to leave us seeking feeble quotes. Refuse the answers but seducing us to feed and votes. A generation's past and still unite to scream and no. Five miles from Heathrow to see my seeds grow. Increase the peace slow, we never cease to preach, bro. This is the town that told the National Front to step behind. Extend embraces but we're nameless when you cross the line. Like facing pagans on their playgrounds in the sands of time Now my vision's made to burn the hate, I'm walking colorblind This is the town that held their breath and swam the rivers of blood The face of Enoch Powell's nightmares, we ruptured the flood The South of Black Sisters, Broadway and the Glossy Junction This is the town that built a commonwealth of mass conjunction Claiming you left the ends but don't know what your ends have seen The power struggles made to keep your futures trouble free I'm just a product of the pain this town is bad for me